Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Hyman, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hi, Elizabeth. Okay, so today, like, we get to fangirl, don't we? I know. We're so excited. We're so excited. (laughs) Today, we get to have on our guest is Ellie Holcomb, and you may be familiar with Ellie. We're going to have her introduce herself, because you know that's how we roll here. Um, but we are so excited to get to talk with her today. So, hey, Ellie, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your ministry. Hey, y'all. I'm so <laughs> excited to be here with you today. I love this podcast. And um, and I am I'm Ellie. Hi. And I'm a mom of three kids, Emily Huck and Rivers. I am married to my best guy friend that I swore I'd never date, Drew Holcomb, <laughs> and, um, and I am uh, a musician. I'm a songwriter. I've written children's books. I just wrote a book for grownups. I can't I believe it. And I would say uh, that I am a recovering perfectionist. I'm a Mm. worrier in progress, and I am also kind of like a female version of Buddy the Elf. (laughs) I love it. That's the best. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, okay. We know that you were on Mark the Mark podcast. Like it's been a while when Mary Margaret was hosting. And so a lot of things have happened since you were first on the Mark podcast. So you've got children's books, like you said, you've got some new music, you've got this new book. So let's start with the kids' books. Tell us a little bit. In fact, I have to tell you, like, I'm expecting my first grandchild. So I bought your books. I'm, 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 I'm going to give them to my daughter. Like I'm kind of trying to build a library. So tell us a little bit about the children's books. They're so fun. Oh, thank you. And congratulations, Elizabeth. Thanks. That is amazing. Oh, my mom says um, she is, I'm the oldest of five kids. And she says, if I had known how fun it was going to be to be a grandmother, I just would have done that first. <laughs> obviously you can't do that. That's awesome. Um, I am so pumped for you and I'm honored to be a part of that little library. I um, really never imagined that I would write books of any kind, but I just one day I love 
kids so much. And I used to be a teacher. I used to be um, an English teacher. So I always loved writing and everything. I just never thought I'd write my own. But one day in the kitchen, um, I love how kids ask a thousand questions a day. Well, yes. almost always. I love that. Sometimes <laughs> you're like, okay, that's a lot. And I don't have all the answers always. But she just in the kitchen one day, she was four years old at the time. And she said, mom, who sang the first song? And it was one of those questions that sometimes they just stop you in your tracks. You're like, that is a great question. And then a lot of times when I don't know the answer right away, I just like do that whole trick where you turn the question back around on the kid <laughs> and you're like, yes. great question. What do you think, Emily And y'all, she shrugged her little four-year-old shoulders and went, mm-mm, Dolly Parton? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> and so I just laughed and but I I really did want to kind of lean into that question and have this dear friend of mine named Sally Lloyd Jones who yeah. is one of my favorite humans and favorite authors. She's written the Jesus Storybook Bible which if you do not have that whether That's you have in the library kids. too. Yep. Yeah. That's in the library. Yeah. It is such a gift. And then she has like a, a family devotional, but she didn't want to call it a devotional because she was like, oh, that sounds boring for children. So I <laughs> called it Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. And so yeah. you're just like, oh. So in in her books, when she talks about the creation story, um, she she basically says that it's like God sang the earth mm. into being mm. and he sang the earth into being for the joy of it. And he set the whole universe spinning. And I just reached out to her and I said, is this just like this beautiful metaphor that God gave you? Or is this like theologically grounded? And so she pointed me to a Tim Keller sermon um, where he talks about the creation story and he talks about it saying, you know, People say Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 often contradict, and really, they are actually just two different ways of telling the same story, but the first chapter of Genesis is actually written in, in an archaic form of Hebrew poetry. And if you think about it, Genesis 1, there's that rhythm, and then there was morning, and then there was evening, and God said, it was good. And then there was morning, and there was evening, and yeah. God said, it was good. And so He said, really— so many people talk about, you know, how God made the earth. He's like, what I want to ask is why. Mm -hmm. Why did God make the earth? Why did God make all of us? And and why did he is the first chapter of the Bible really in the form of almost a song of a poem. And he said, I I think that it's possible that that God saying the earth, this first chapter is in the form of a song and form of a poem because he created every single thing on the face of the earth, including every single one of us, to sing the song of his goodness and his love. Mm. And I just thought, oh my goodness, that is amazing. So yeah. I, it just sent me on this sort of trail of breadcrumbs uh, where I ended up writing a kid's book and then and then songs to go along with that and um, have another book called Don't Forget to Remember mm -hmm. um, for children. And it's just been such a joy, I think, to kind of to distill really complicated, seemingly complicated truths down to the form that you would hand them to in a child has been so good for me uh, because it's reminded me that before I'm a mom with kids, before I'm an adult with responsibilities, like y'all, we are first and foremost children. We're daughters. 
of mm-hmm. of the the God who made us, of the of our Father who made us, and so it has been a really beautiful thing. I think sometimes I tend to overcomplicate things, and to kind of sit in those simple truths and um, come back to those has been really beautiful for me. I love that so much. I've written down in our show notes like this is a great quote because yes. it's such a it's a truth that we forget as we grow up. And I think that it's something that they always say, like, if you can, you know, recite it, then you, you kind of know it. But if you can teach it, and especially if you can teach something to a child, then you really know it and you can like really grasp those truths in your own heart. And so while we're talking about that, what did God teach you about himself through these books for kids? And then what can we as adults learn about him through these principles that are found here? And maybe you've already kind of answered that a little bit, but if you could just expand on that, like what, what can we learn and what did he teach you about himself as you wrote about, you know, uh, especially like the second one, I know there was a really cool story about a tornado with your second book. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh man. Yeah. So I think I would say like the overarching lesson that I feel like God has been like writing into me as I've written these books and these songs for kids um, is this, is that our work um, is just to remember and return to Him. Like that is His heart is for us to come to Him (laughs) and to remember His love for us. Um, And so uh, it was a really sweet thing when I wrote the second book. Um, I'm the oldest of five kids. My mom and my three brothers, um, who are in the middle, all have ADD. And so, y'all, it was never boring. Like, <laughs> somebody was forgetting their pants or their shoes or their backpack or their lunch every day. So, on the inevitably, every day on the way to school, we would be driving, and my brother, who's 13 months younger than me, would pipe up from the back seat, Mom. I forgot to remember my shoes today, mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, and truly one day he did forget his pants, which is crazy. Um, but there were five <laughs> of us, so it was insane, y'all. And so um, he was like, I forgot to remember my pants, mom. And she was like, what? But we used that phrase and still do in our family. It just became one of those family phrases. Oh, I forgot to remember this. And all of a sudden one day when I was sitting down to write the second book, I just am like, man, isn't that the heart issue most times when my heart like gets off track, when I forget to remember who God is and how He loves me. And when I can remember that, it sort of begins, it's like... um I think Augustine says it's like returning, it's a reordering of the loves. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can love all these other things that God has put here on this earth, people, things, His creation. But man, when we put those above His love for us, when they get out of order, things kind of start feeling off. And so Mm -hmm. um, it has been such a beautiful thing for me to remember. Well, y'all, when I released the second book, the release day of the book was actually, it was March 3rd of 2020. And and I woke up in the middle of the night, like in the... you know, t- midnight, one o'clock hour to our whole house shaking. Mm-hmm. And that EF4 tornado, like just mm-hmm. 
devastated our neighborhood, thankfully not taking too many people's lives, but man, it was so scary. Scariest night of my life. Yeah. And I ended up with a group of neighborhood kids at my house that day because we didn't have any, we had a lot of damage, but no glass or anything inside. And Mm -hmm. so while a bunch of parents and neighbors and strangers were helping clean up the houses, I had all these kids inside and y'all, It was so crazy because there were balloons. You know, we were all ready to like launch the book and, you know, do all the media things. And so they walked in and saw the book and these balloons and all these kids were like, what is this for? And I was like, actually, I was supposed to release a a book today. I'm not really doing that anymore. And they were like, well, can we read it? They all call me Lily. Lily, can we read it? And I was like, well, yeah, sure, we can read it. And uh, there's a line in there um, about how how God is good through through every storm. Um, and I and they, when we got to that line, they were like, "Lily, you wrote this. You wrote this." today. You wrote this for today. And I had no idea that that day would happen. And so um, it was such a sweet thing uh, because that is exactly what the book was for. I love Mm -hmm. that God knew that we might forget. And I believe that he wrote his story of love and his goodness and his faithfulness all over creation. He just, he left a trail of breadcrumbs for us. And so it was really sweet to follow the trail of breadcrumbs that I had already written down, that I had already written about was the exact thing that me and the kids in my neighborhood needed that day. And um, it was really, it was a really powerful thing. And I was like, well, clearly this book was for such a time as this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It just kind of really shows you the sovereignty of God in that moment Mm -hmm. as well, is that he was working ahead of us. And, you know, for those of us that live in this area, you know, everybody thinks of March 2020 and pandemic happening. But it really that that March 3rd tornado was kind of like the beginning of what kind of just snowballed. And so. Yeah, what a great time for you. I, I'm still thinking about your mom and forgetting the pants, like how your brother Because <laughs> I'm thinking, how did your mom not notice? But then I'm thinking, you had a lot of kids. Like, you know, it's, you're, you're trying to keep up with everybody. So I think that's probably, that'll, that's a fun story to tell. That's awesome. That's a really good one. Yeah. I think his boxers might have looked a little like shorts. That yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of moms listening who can identify and be like, I know exactly how that could have happened. I know how that happened. <laughs> okay. So we're big fans of your music. So you mentioned, you know, writing music and things like that. And you've got a new, um, a new album that's released. I, I have listened to it so much and I've really loved it, but um, I want to know like your writing process, like how, how do you do that? And writing songs to me just seems like such a out there type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I think from, it's funny because for me, I, and, and, and that is the beautiful thing um, that I think about that God has given us all different gifts to use and different ways of singing. Sometimes people are like, God made me to sing. I'm pretty sure that is, you got something wrong there, Ellie. Like, I I promise you, he did not make me to sing. But I think um, in, in one way or another, each of us are reflecting his goodness and his light, whether that's by hosting a conversation like this one, or whether it's by organizing a spreadsheet or cooking a meal. 
or um, rearranging a room, or just being a, a kind and listening ear. There, there are ways that each of us are meant to reflect His goodness and His light. And I think for me, uh, songwriting has always felt like um, like what feels really foreign for me is like scheduling, like calendar, anything organized. I'm like, <laughs> help me, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but songwriting has always felt like breathing. And for whatever reason, and I think all of us must be this way because he talks about rejoicing and singing so much in scripture that I think sometimes um, when our minds or our hearts are having a hard time um, rejoicing or a hard time remembering, if we can make our bodies sing, um, it sort of can redirect our heart back to what's true. And that has been the case for me for whatever reason, when I sing, it helps me believe. And mm-hmm. so usually when I'm writing, um, a lot of times I'm sitting in scripture and I'm saying, okay, God, I believe this, but help my unbelief. And I'm usually working out doubt and sorrow and grief in song. My husband always calls me, he's like, God, you're like a psalmist, really, because you just kind of go to a melody to kind of wrestle in your faith sometimes and remind your heart of, of what's true. And so, um, that is what this record process was like for me. I I think um, I've been on a journey, a personal journey via counseling. Praise the Lord for counselors mm-hmm. um, of learning to grieve some of the wounds in my own mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And um, that is not my personality. I uh, am a seven on the Enneagram. Do y'all ever do Enneagrams? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are y'all? What are your numbers? I am a nine. Yes. And I am a three. So yes. Yes, the achiever. <laughs> I have I have not a lot of nines and threes in, in my life. And I am the seven, the enthusiast who's dro- like really it's like you try to avoid pain at all cost. And so mm-hmm. um I think that there was this invitation via counseling for me to um I had been in counseling for a long time. But what I realized is I had never actually grieved some of the wounds in my story. Mm-hmm. I'd acknowledged them. I've talked about them. I've prayed through them, but I had never let myself really lament. And for me, at least, um, I think the grief started to come out sideways, I guess. Um, I started seeing some things in my life that were like, I don't know, was be overreact to things. And um, I just was wanting to get to the bottom of that. So I let myself mm-hmm. grieve. And man, y'all, as I did that, what happened as I grieved, um, I think I was scared that I would get stuck there, mm-hmm. but what happened is I just let myself grieve. I encountered mm-hmm. the nearness and the tenderness and the empathy of God. And I encountered in that loving embrace, in those deep wounded places, um, I encountered a, a level of healing that I had never known before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had started writing a record about that. It was going to be called Daughter. I was felt like very sure I'd written like 35 songs, y'all. Wow. And then that March 3rd of 2020 happened. Mm-hmm. A week later, the world shuts down 
And, um, and then this whole story, um, the, the racial tension and division mm-hmm. that happened. Um, and I think because I had learned to grieve in my own story, I think there was this sort of invitation and opportunity to grieve on a global level, to grieve, to grieve on a national level, um, as so many of us were losing so much. Mm-hmm. And so um, in the midst of all of this, I went to the Grand Canyon. Have y'all ever been? I have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. I had never <laughs> been. It was my first time. So when the numbers were low, um, I I took a trip with my husband and then my sister-in-law and brother. Uh, we were supposed to be on a cruise um, and yeah. they had never taken a trip. You know, it's like they have three yeah. kids. They had not gotten away in years and we had an extra room on the cruise. Well, that obviously got canceled. And my sweet husband, who is like planner ninja man, um, <laughs> he is just like amazing. He's like, look, we already have childcare. We're going to find something we can do safe, like outside. So he books this like camping trip in the Grand King in, in August, which oh, I wow. really don't wow. recommend going in August. <laughs> Unless you like just want to know a little taste of like what hell might be like. <laughs> 117 degrees. It's oh so my. hot. But we camped on the northern rim of the Grand Canyon. We went down into the Grand Canyon, rafted the Colorado River, spent the night on the banks, and then rafted out. And so I I will never forget being down there, y'all. Our guide starts talking about how the the canyon walls you're looking up at these walls on either side of you and he talks about how they tell a story and it's really a story of like disaster upon disaster mm-hmm. he's like look you can you can see it it's like okay right there's a a landslide that's a mudslide that was an earthquake volcano drought and then there's this huge divide but there at the very, and I'm just like looking, I'm like, this looks like what all of our hearts, I feel like this past two years, y'all has felt more divided than ever, even, you know, at times within the church. And I'm like, guys, we're, we're meant to be one, like God calls us to unity. Right. And, and there's been so much political division and, and, um, and tension. And so I just was like, this just looks like a picture of all of our hearts. Like we all, I think, especially after the last two years, know what it is to break, to be human is to be broken. And I feel like we have endured loss on loss. We all know what it's like to have our hearts split wide open like a canyon. But there in the very pit of the canyon, y'all, there was a river running through. And I had this moment of realizing, oh my goodness, God's love is a lot like water. It is a Mm. lot like this river. It always runs to the lowest place. We've had floods Mm. in Nashville too. And and when the flood comes, it moves to the lowest place in your house. Your basement's the first thing to flood. And and that is the love of God, y'all. It runs deeper than our deepest ache and than our deepest sorrow, and it will carry us when it feels like we can't carry on any longer, if we'll only let it, if we'll quit clinging on to the walls, which is usually what I'm doing, I'm like, no, I got this. But if we will let it, it will carry us back, I believe, to a place where we know and remember that even in our most broken place, we belong to love and we belong to each other. And so I left, I could not 
shake it, y'all. I left the Grand Canyon and I shoved a pile of 35 songs off my desk <laughs> and, and started writing the record that I released. Yeah. And it has been such a joy. Um, I think I learned, I guess I felt all this confidence as I learned to grieve and lament and I encountered God mm -hmm. in that grief. Mm -hmm. um, it gave me I don't know this kind of grounded joy um, and this this boldness to say, oh my goodness, he is here. He's here in the midst of the grief. And and because of who Jesus is and because of what he did for us, this suffering isn't the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there is good reason to sing. And so um I think he taught me. I think I love how y'all always ask how God marks us. Yeah. And I may be jumping the gun on this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we can always like me, move the question up. So that's good. <laughs> okay. But I feel, I feel um, marked by encountering God's love and nearness in the midst of lament. Um, because I, I, I learned that when you sing in a place of sorrow, when you sing in a canyon, when you sing in a valley, your voice is multiplied. And it's mm -hmm. actually echoing off of every single broken piece in the mm -hmm. walls around mm -hmm. you. And that's what I've seen him do in my story. Um, and that's what I believe he's here to do in this broken and weary world is to repair, to redeem, to reconcile. And, and what a joy that we would get to be any part of that, like join up with that current yeah. of living water mm -hmm. as little molecules, bringing refreshment and hope um, in, in, into desert, weary, dry places. Wow. I, there is nothing I can add to that other than to just say thank you for being faithful to write this music and sing it. I personally am tone deaf, so uh, <laughs> writing music is not something that I'm going to do, but it does minister to my soul. Like you were talking about at the beginning, like it is a way that I worship and it is a way that I grieve and lament. And so I'm so thankful for people like you who write down these songs and can sing them because um, I'm making joyful noise. I'm not making uh, beautiful sounds when I when I sing. Um, but I love to be able to listen and sing along. Um, and I just know that it sounds good to God, and that's all that matters. Um, but thank you for doing that. Um, and we also really wanted to talk to you about your new book. So I think it kind of goes along with all of this. It's called Fighting Words. And so tell us what are fighting words. Yeah, I um I love this book has been just a part of my it's really just my journey over the last, you know, more than a decade now. Yeah. Um but I started so fighting words are the the verses that I've memorized. I started over a decade ago memorizing scripture with a friend of mine who battles depression. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting across from her one day listening to her share and just just I got angry, y'all. Mm -hmm. I was like not at her but I just was like there are so many lies that she was believing about herself, mm -hmm. about God and realized I was doing the same thing, believing so many lies about myself, so many lies about who God is and how He loves us. And and so I just realized in this conversation, it really wasn't enough 
for us to just simply acknowledge the lies, to say, oh, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. Um, we desperately needed to ground ourselves in something that was stronger than the lie, the truth. And so I just thought, man, well, well, there is an enemy who's called the father of lies. And when he speaks lies are his native language, that punk, and he wants <laughs> to steal and kill and destroy. And I was like, I am so tired yeah. of the enemy stealing our joy, our peace, that like John 10, 10 life to the full that God comes to offer us. And um, and I think it's the fullness of God's presence. I've, I've, I used to think as a seven on the Enneagram, I'm like, God's just going to give us this awesome, full, you know, amazing, epic life. And I do believe that that is true. But as I've, as I've learned to lament, I've come to understand that verse is the fullness of God's presence and the full spectrum of what it means to be human, to ache, to grieve, um, to long and then to hope and and to rejoice and uh and and to dance in delight of the beauty there's yeah. like it's it's both and and god's presence is in the both and of that and so i'm like i don't want to miss his goodness and 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 the truth that can ground me in in both on the mountaintop experiences and in the valleys and in the canyons and so we started memorizing scripture and we call them our fighting words and mm -hmm. y'all it has changed me. It has changed us. And it hasn't necessarily changed our circumstances. Like it didn't take away my friend's depression. It didn't solve all the sorrows of this broken world, but it did give us like solid ground to stand under, a shelter um, to take cover under when the shame storm started rolling in. And so it has changed us from the inside out. And that's what he says that his word will do, just like the rains that fall from the heavens and don't return to the heavens without first nourishing the earth and causing it to bud and flourish. So is the word that goes out from his mouth. It will accomplish the purposes for which he sent it. Y'all, that <laughs> is crazy to me. And that's why yeah. I get fired up about writing his word. I mean, that's why I started writing songs in the first place. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad at memorizing scripture. So mm -hmm. I love that I'm releasing a book about memorizing scripture because I'm like, I'm like, I'll go first. I am terrible at this, but <laughs> it has changed me. And I think it has been a really like life giving um, practice. Yeah. And, um, and so I started writing scripture in a songs because songs are way easier for me to, to memorize than just plain words. The melody helps a bit. Mm -hmm. And so it's the whole reason I started writing songs is I would sit in scripture and just let songs pour out. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a really beautiful thing to kind of now gather with this book to take verses um, that I've memorized. I haven't memorized all of them that are in the book. It's 100 Days of Speaking Truth into the Darkness. And I just feel excited to invite other people um, to come and rest and take take uh, a deep drink from the living water that is in the Word of God together to rest and to lie down in the green pastures of God's promises together. And I'm so excited to see what God will do because He will do His thing. His Word will accomplish the purposes for yeah. which is in it. And so it just feels really fun um, to invite people to come to the feast, to come to the table and yeah. to, to eat their fill. There's plenty. <laughs> come all you who are thirsty. <laughs> I, I think I heard one time um, a musician and she wrote songs and she just said, you know, really, 
Christian writer songwriters are just plagiarizing. <laughs> like, <we> really <laughs> are plagiarizing what God is saying. But and, and I think you're so right on as far as like scripture memory. I can re- I can remember it so much easier if there's a song, if there's a tune. Um, it just that's helpful. And you're, are you doing something like? like every week on social media with a song. I, I feel like I saw it something about that. Yes. Yeah. So every, so I, the, that's the whole way it started. I was like, I'm not, I want to start doing this on Instagram. So for a long time, we've done fighting words Friday and I just share, mm. you know, whatever verse is on my heart that week and how God's been using it to speak to me and have other people kind of share how the same thing. And it's just been a really beautiful community. And so we decided to kind of capture that in a book. And then um, the other day, my manager was like, will you just kind of sing? Because I'm always, I'm always, and really it started like with my kids too, as I started memorizing scripture with them, it's just easier with the melody. And so I think what we're going to do as we roll out the book is I will just sing whatever song I'm singing that week to help myself remember. (laughs) I love that. And so it's not like full songs or anything, but it's just a melody because for me, I'm like, man, this is the kind of, these are the songs. This is the thing that I want stuck in my head mm. over and over again. That's what I want stuck in my kids' heads is the truth about how God loves them. It's why I started writing kids' music because I was just like, you know, if anything's going to play through their head, I want it to be about who God is and how he loves them, you know? And so, yeah. um, and that's what I need too. I'm, we're, I'm just like a forgetful kid too. <laughs> and so, um, it will be my joy to continue just inviting people, um, to kind of come and take hold of God's word and use that to kind of kick back at the shadows with the light. And y'all, mm-hmm. I was doing this for years before I had a conversation with my friend, um, and she was like, I was just telling her how powerful it was. And she was like, well, Ellie, you know, this is like, this is also what Jesus did. And I was like, like <laughs> what? She was like, yeah, like really the first time that we see him, like he's launched into his, he's, he's baptized by John the Baptist. And then he goes into the desert, right? And and this is exactly what he does. Like yeah. the enemy comes, Satan comes, he lies. And Jesus replies to every single lie with, it is written. Yeah, it is written. It is written. So she was like, I feel like it really makes sense that this is working out well for you. Because like, if Jesus himself is saying yes, to the liar, like quoting scripture back at him, um, that may be a good practice for us to do as well. Yeah, we, we were actually talking a little bit before we hit record about a mountain climbing trip that you went on with your husband. And I had thought about this too. And I promise that does relate to what you were just saying. Um, Because I recently went to Acadia National Park with my family. And the Mm -hmm. mountains in Acadia, we like to hike, but these were kind of more like right on the line between rock climbing and hiking. And so it was kind of like a scramble up the mountain. (laughs) And um, we were not prepared. We didn't know that that's what it was. But my sister is a pretty good hiker. She does. She hikes all the time. And so she kind of went first and she would, you know, come back and be like, okay, you're going to want to put your hand on this rock. You're going to want to like put your foot in this little crevice. And, and it sounded like you kind of got those lessons with your 
uh, training to, to do some oh, rock yes. climbing. That's exact. And you're so grateful for those, right? Yeah, those yeah. Like life to you when you're right. scrambling. And so I was thinking about this and I may eventually write this down somewhere, but I was thinking about how it's very similar to um, like, Jesus. So when, when I was kind of joking as I was climbing up the mountain, cause my parents were like, be so careful. And I was like, you know, I'm clinging to the rock that is, that is higher than I am. And like, you know, pulling this scripture out. But I was thinking too, like, this is kind of what Jesus did when he came to earth. He encountered the same thing that we encounter. Um, but he was like, here's your foothold. It's scripture. And this is what, and so he showed us how to do that in, in the desert when he was tempted and just said, you know, here is the scripture. Here's where you can put your foot. Here's where you can put your hands to like make it up through this life. And so, um, Come on. I just like, that's still just like in my mind. And when you just said that, I was like, yes, that's exactly what, uh, that's what I've been thinking about too, is just how, and I think, that's one of the things that we think about. We're often like, you know, these are fighting words in scripture. So I wanted to ask you one, one last question um, is just kind of what does it practically look like to fight with scripture? Because I think we hear this and we're like, yeah, okay, I'll memorize scripture. But then like when I am having feelings of depression or I am going through a difficult situation or I'm grieving something, like what does it look like to fight with scripture? Like how does that actually play out practically for you play out yeah yeah what a great question i you know i have this little um this little notebook um <laughs> that i've just got it like the camp store i was at a young life camp when i started doing this you know over a decade ago yeah and we would write the verse that we were remembering up on one page and then on the back i actually started writing down stories of how of how God would bring that verse to mind or use it to give me guidance or give me comfort or give me hope or give me direction. Mm -hmm. Because I just was like, this is amazing. This is working. Yeah. <laughs> I am so grateful. And so I'm like, gosh, I'm like, what story should I pick? I, well, I'll just tell one from last night. Um, I, you know, man, parenting at the, at the ages that I have. So I've got Emmy Lou who's eight and Huck who is six and then Rivers who's three. And, um, I'm often outnumbered, uh, my <laughs> husband and I both travel. And so we do, we, we call it solo parenting. And man, if you're a single parent out there listening to this, I just bless you in the name of Jesus. And um, I feel like sometimes when I roll into that solo parenting mode, um, it is it is this strong reminder that I am not the only parent. Um, like obviously, like there's Drew, my husband, but but when I am when he's out of town touring um, and traveling, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're not the only ones parenting this these kids. They have a father, like a really good father who's parenting them too. And, and the spirit is here. And so, um, a lot of times I get to the end of myself quicker when I am solo parenting. <laughs> and mm. so, um, I was doing that last night. 
and um, my husband had a meeting and uh, I think we're, I'm in this stage where you feel like sometimes you become a referee. You know, you're just like, okay, wait, no, I'm solving that fight. I'm breaking up this fight. Okay, say you're sorry, apologize, forgive. You know, we're just <laughs> like doing this, like you're, it's just a lot. And um, I was feeling very much at the end of my patience and at the end of uh, my rope and everybody was tired and needed to go to bed, including me. And all of the sudden, I just was like, I want so much more for us than just like breaking up fights as a family. And I remembered this verse that we started uh, that I've been working on with the kids uh, because of this season that we're in where we're fighting and competing a lot. And so I learned this song when I was a little kid. So I didn't make this up. I just learned it at Sunday school, but it's love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the spirit. I said, love, joy, and peace. And so y'all, I felt like the Lord was like, sing this song right now over your kids. And I started singing it because it just was like one of those times where we were just at the end and y'all, it shifted the whole atmosphere. And I just launched into a prayer, started singing it because I felt like I was about to maybe yell. And so I yelling the spirit was like sing and so i just started singing that out and and then i just prayed i said god thank you that you are all of these things with us mm. and i just asked that you would send your spirit and grow all of these things with us and y'all i'm telling you it, it's not like we're not going to fight anymore like mm -hmm. it's not like we're all like done with you know competing and me being a ref but there was a shift and the atmosphere, a shift in my heart and knowing it's not my job to change my kids' hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. I, but I do want to point them to the one who can and and who is all of these things. And so that was a practical way that that kind of fleshed, fleshed out for me. Mm. Um, but there have been a lot of times when, that was just, you know, last night. But there have been a lot of times, especially in seasons of where it feels like, I don't know, I think there are seasons where it feels like it's harder to hear God's voice. He feels yeah. silent. Mm -hmm. Things are hard. Um, those kind of dark nights of the soul. Um, and for me, uh, there have been, in, in those seasons, uh, I have different verses that I've held on to. One of them would be uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 7, mm -hmm. uh, that rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Mm -hmm. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that um, feels like a hard verse to hold on to in the midst mm -hmm. of a long season of suffering. Because um, that command, rejoice always, you're just going like, wait, what? I was supposed to do that like, in this? But that, that direction is completely followed by this beautiful promise, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. And um, and so holding on to verses and and kind of memorizing and just like saying that. Sometimes, y'all, when I don't, when I'm not even rejoicing, I could just, I couldn't even bring it to myself to rejoice, but I could at least say that and it mm -hmm. would begin to direct my heart 
yeah. um, to the Lord who is near. And it would remind me of that truth. And so there's been times where I've said verses over and over and over again. Um, and and I may not feel like they're true, but I do feel like um, they have pointed me to the light. And sometimes they've provided a sense of covering, like, I don't even know if I can believe this, but I'm just going to say it right now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and mm. and believe that this is true. Lord, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been a beautiful thing to see um, those, be like, as I continue to hang on to those, as I continue to go back to those, to see the shift in my heart happen, sometimes over months and months of saying the same verse, y'all, yeah. eventually my heart begins to soften and shift and and hold on to those. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful um, for sort of the covering that they have been for me um, in times when I feel really vulnerable and alone. Well, I am. I'm so sad that our time is like coming to a close because this has been one of the most enjoyable times of just hearing you talk about just what God is doing in your life. And I can't wait to to buy several copies of this book to give to people. Even like this is a great Christmas present, I feel like. And yeah. it's a beautiful book. So listeners, I just want to encourage you to to check it out. And and Ellie, you're gonna be I think you're gonna be at some Lifeway Women events next year and doing worship. And so we love it when you're part of, of what Lifeway's doing. Absolutely. It is one of my favorite things, too. I'm so grateful for the good work y'all are doing day in and day out. Even on this podcast, I just think I I never regret it when I take time to reflect on God, to reflect on His Word, to, to reflect on who He is. And so thank you for creating a space where we can all do that together, have conversations about His goodness and His faithfulness and His love. It's beautiful gift. Absolutely. Yes. Well, listeners, yeah. Anything else, Elizabeth? That I was just going to amen that. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Ellie, and we will see you next week, listeners. Bye. If you love that episode, you're going to want to join us for Lifeway Women Live events in 2022. Ellie Holcomb is one of our musical guests. The events will feature teachers like Jen Wilkin, Lisa Harper, Jackie Hill Perry, Jennifer Rothschild, Jada Edwards, and more. And together, we'll explore different ways we pursue Christ as a community of believers. Whether you join us in person or via simulcast, we hope to see you at Lifeway Women Live in 2022. Learn more at the link in our show notes or at lifeway.com slash lifewaywomenlive. See you there. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.
Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.